You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome. Into A to Z Sports Primetime from the Zen Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I am proud, as always, to be presented to you by Zen Sports. Plug in the promo code ATOZTN. That's ATOZTN in the Zen Sports app and get unlimited 5% cash back for your first 15 days of betting. Zen Sports is where you go. The law offices of Amanda J. Gentry, wherever justice demands, AmandaJGentry.com will make sure your constitutional rights are protected. Check out the best in the business who is passionate about serving you. AmandaJGentry.com and TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Get your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. TrueMath Fitness is always there to get you in and improve your physical fitness. A new way to work out for the new version of you. Go to TrueMathFitness.com for your first workout free. So we have an, a lot of different things to talk about. MC Ren says the stadium had a ton of empty seats. Who gives a shit about a, ton, about a bunch of empty seats? Yeah, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a sellout crowd like the Superdome in New Orleans. It was a pretty damn good crowd, a pretty good atmosphere, and the crowd stayed in it really, really well. So that one of the first comments that I would see in here, and maybe it's just because that one caught my attention as I went to look over at the comment section, I think that's probably one of the stupidest takeaways that you could have from that football game. It's, it's ignoring of the impact of the game. It's ignoring of the uh, consequences and the way that we were able to rebound. Nobody in here is calling for Ryan Tannehill's job as they were basically for the last seven days. I think that is super short-sighted because the stadium was rocking. And like, uh, you know, it's not an open air press box. We're in a little bit of a sanitized environment in the press box because it's, you know, I mean, we could open a window, I guess, if we wanted to, but I don't really want to because it's hot as shit outside and I don't want to sweat in my suit. But there was a butt like there, yeah, there's empties in the 300s. There's always empties in the 300s, but it was loud as hell. Jarrell Casey got people going in the fourth quarter. Overtime, the defense uh, was kicking. It was a good atmosphere for week one. And, it, you know, I'm, I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, given the week one, or excuse me, week two, the week one performance, but the idea that somebody would come in here talking about empty stadium seats, either you didn't watch the game, you've got nothing else interesting to say, uh, would be my primary takeaway from that. But 27 to 24 overtime, Titans scoring more points than I have in quite some time and snapping an eight game regular season losing streak. We are 10 months to the day removed from the last Titans win. November 17th was 10 months ago. And uh, now the Titans finally back in the win column for a regular season win. Of course, they won a preseason game, but nobody cares. And the way that they went about doing it was, you know, I think uh, a little more dramatic. Chargers and Titans always seem to play kind of drama-induced games. Um, but certainly this overtime uh, chance that the Titans got, they were staying in it fairly well, defense keeping them in it fairly well. And as uh, Mike Vrabel said earlier in the, uh, in the afternoon when we spoke to him at the podium, they were kind of leaking oil until that Traylon Burke 70-yard completion down the field sparked some life into them as an offense. They started to get chunk plays. They started to get Derrick Henry involved. The usage of Henry and Spears worked out exactly the way they probably wanted it to. It wasn't overkill on Derrick. 
but Spears was clearly a part of the game plan, as is going to be the case. This is a, it's no longer a one-man punch. This is a one-two punch, and that's exactly the way that it should be. But it all ultimately uh, came to pass because the defense, who I thought was pretty good on the day, uh, really good on the day, as a matter of fact, did an excellent job, and I'll pull up my handy-dandy uh, stat sheet here, did an excellent day or excellent job on the day of keeping the Chargers off balance, in particular on third downs and making Justin Herbert uncomfortable on a regular basis, even if they weren't getting the sacks the way that they were on Derek Carr, even if they weren't really getting the pressures. Uh, Arden Key was noticeably absent from the statute after having 11 pressures alone in New Orleans in week one. Uh, Titans defense kept the Chargers to 2 of 14. That's 14.3% on third down. They were 3 of 3 on fourth, but again, the fourth down opportunities were far more limited than the third down opportunities that L.A. had, and the Titans did well to stave them off. Consequently, the offense was also much improved, uh, up from 2 of 12 last week on third down, 6 of 13, 46.2%. Obviously, we talked about the scoring output. We talked about the red zone opportunities that they were able to capitalize. And Ryan Tannehill, of course. Ryan Tannehill is probably, uh, you know, as we go through the weeks, Ryan Tannehill is always going to be a talking point. It's always polarizing and like I said, from all of you who wanted, or not all of you, but the vast majority of you who came in here screaming to high hell, rightfully so, about the quarterback who threw three interceptions and lost the first game and looked out of sorts and wasn't seeing things well. And, you know, who I thought for the first time in my life, I came away from a game thinking, oh, is he getting old? Uh, didn't have a problem today. Looked pretty, looked pretty sound. And uh, in fact, had the deepest, I'll pull up the stat from John Glennon, who uh, got this courtesy of Next Gen Stats. It was the uh, furthest tra traveling pass, 62.2 yards in the air per next-gen stats was that Tannehill-Burks bomb, the longest pass of the season's first two weeks so far. So Ryan Tannehill has the biggest uh, air yards, uh, air, the, how, how shall I phrase this, the throw with the most yards in the air of any quarterback through the first two weeks of the NFL season. So not even cooked or not quite cooked, not even uh, a little toasted, it would seem. Four incompletions, 20 of 24, 246. Uh, was sacked five times for a loss of 46 yards, so that uh, that total would have looked a lot better had the offensive line uh, performed better. And by the way, Tannehill did take a bad sack late in the game that lost 13 yards, backed them up, and they had to punt from like their own nine uh, but yeah, had the one touchdown uh, to NWI, a deep ball to Moore, a deep ball to Burks, and was finding guys with regular regularity. He was settled in, and it took him some time, and the Chargers were attacking. Chargers were getting after his ass for sure. Uh, but the Two Rivers Ford take, the place that we want to start here on this Sunday night, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, as we get you ready uh, or get you through halftime of the Patriots and the Dolphins. What was the most encouraging thing you saw in the Titans' first win? It's your Two Rivers Ford take. As always, it is presented by the wonderful people at Two Rivers Ford. Go to Two Rivers Ford, quality American-made Ford vehicles, award-winning customer service. They are there to help you as they have helped Middle Tennesseans for the last 40 years. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So what was the most encouraging thing that you saw? Chris Frazier says Tannehill, Tannaville, not Tannehill, but Tannaville. Balling. Anthony Clay liked the scoring output. John Moreland said the balance on offense. You know, it's interesting 
how balanced exactly were they on offense? So 24 total passing attempts. Uh, they ran the ball a total of 21 times. So yeah, fairly balanced. Or, excuse me. No, they ran the ball 34 times. Uh, and, you know, it played into their hands. Derrick had 25 attempts. They were playing uh, ball control late. That's Derrick Henry's game. And Derrick Henry is always going to have more uh, more opportunities when you have a situation like played out today. Spears, 8 of 49. Tannehill had the 112-yard scramble, which, of course, accounted for a rushing touchdown as well. So 34 for 141, 4.1 yards on the ground per carry, and then 246 in the air. 20 of 24 was Ryan Tannehill. So a pretty uh, a pretty uh, balanced performance. A little more pass-heavy last week. They were chasing. They had to. Sometimes the game is going to play out that way. Today, it played to their advantage and, uh, you know, to the skill set that we know allows them to have success. James Henderson says deep ball has been missing. Well, yeah, no. I mean, well, yes, you're correct. I don't, I don't want to dismiss that, but what's the deep ball uh, is something that Ryan Tannehill doesn't necessarily have problems with. It's not like a lack of arm strength. The question was, all right, is he just fundamentally, uh, is he fundamentally like, under duress to a point where his mechanics are going to break down. That was the question coming out of the Saints game and what we were looking for heading into this game. And sometimes there was a, there was enough pressure that caused him problems. And, you know, he did take, uh, he probably, of, of five sacks, he was probably responsible for two more than was the offensive line. Um, but the opportunities were there against the Saints. He was just missing. And, you know, today he wasn't missing. And that's a good sign for you. You obviously saw the results of that. Herbert was certainly threatening. Neither team had a turnover, and that was probably one of the biggest things that I saw, uh, or probably one of the biggest takeaways that I had, the thing that probably gives you the most optimism. They, they played a very, wasn't mistake-free. They're never going to play a perfect, no football team is going to play a perfect game, but they played a, uh, if not a mistake-free game, they played a turnover-free game. Now, they didn't turn the Chargers over either, which is something I talked to Kevin Byard in the locker room about last night. You can hear from KB here in just a second, right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com. Your first workout is free. As a Middle Tennessee resident, nobody is going to put you in better position to succeed with your physical fitness than TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Conveniently located in downtown Nashville, like I said, your first workout is free. No workout ever recycled or repeated. I love the group classes. Personal training is something that I take advantage of more now that the football season schedule is upon us. Tuesdays and Thursdays are the day that work best for me. TrueMathFitness.com is where you go for the best workout in Middle Tennessee and for your first workout free. TrueMathFitness.com. Uh, so as you look at the uh, as you look at the defensive performance, clutch plays late. Three straight incompletions on the Chargers drive, right? They got the ball in overtime, or they won the toss, took the ball in overtime, weren't able to capitalize, which meant first team to score one, allowed Nick Folk to set up for the 41-yard field goal. Nick Folk, by the way, 7-for-7 to start his Titans career. Uh, This is the first time, I think, in the last three seasons that the Titans have not missed an extra point or a field goal in the first two weeks of the season. Uh, it's been some time and they have consistency at kicker. And, you know, as the rain started to come down, you, I'm sure a lot of you guys got PTSD a little bit or just uh, bad feelings, right? What could possibly happen? Oh my God, the rain has held off for the majority of game. And now is the time that the skies choose to open up and 
potentially threaten an opportunity for the football team to win at home. But they were able to capitalize on that. Defense uh, made important plays, even if they didn't get the turnovers. And that was something that we talked to Kevin Byard about earlier in the locker room this afternoon. Yeah, just mean fighting through adversity. Um, the game wasn't perfect at all, especially on the back end. Had some miscommunications and things like that, but, um, you know, that's the thing about this pro football sport, man. You got to keep fighting, keep lining up. And we was getting stops. I mean, obviously, we wanted to get them a little earlier. Uh, but I think as a defense, we fall hard, we battle hard, and uh, it's always good to get a win. You can correct all the other stuff, you know, in, in this week, but it uh, feels good to get a win, especially overtime. In that overtime series, I mean, Herbert had plays out of throw a couple of plays in a row, but just didn't look like they had anything. Exactly. Got, kind of blanket things in No, I mean, I think guys played really good coverage. I mean, I think if you look at it, um, he really didn't know where to go with the ball, so he kind of just airmailed it a little bit. Uh, Sean made a very instinctual play beforehand. Probably could have had a pick, but, you know, he knocked it down. But uh, it was big, man. Our offense started to roll in the second half. And the biggest thing was just keep giving the ball back, keep giving the ball back. So, uh, like I said, just impressive team win. How so thin is the margin for error for you guys when there's not a turnover on either side? Yeah, I mean, it's almost like whichever team is going to break, you know, that's the team that's going to win. Uh, we obviously want to create more turnovers. That's a big thing for us. You know, Mike had one go through his hands, probably could have picked the ball off. But uh, as a defense, we have to create more turnovers, try to create some separation. We don't always want to be in these one-score overtime games, you know, going forward. Uh, you know, Kevin Byard probably doesn't want to play more overtime, doesn't want to play one-score games, as he said. They want to be able to secure these wins and kind of ride it out. But uh, I think that, you know, they are equipped to handle these situations. Um, little one in the comment section on YouTube says, did Henry make history with his touchdown 1000 for the Titans at home? Yes, Derek. Well, uh, yeah, uh, that's, that is history. They, Derek Henry goes down scoring the 1000th Titans touchdown today was the 500th Titans game in the Titans era, right? Houston Oilers and Tennessee Titans history. Uh, goes back to 1960, but today in the 25 years of Titans football was their 500th game. Derrick Henry scored the 1,000th touchdown in the Titans era in their 500th game. So a little bit of uh, a little bit of history. Demetrius says, "Who was that yelling in the background? That was Arden. Arden Key was yelling in the background, uh, screaming that Ryan Tannehill was available at the podium, doing the PR jobs, uh, PR staff's job for them." It would seem, and I still uh, almost missed Ryan Tannehill's press conference because I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't hear Arden Key. I was focused on the questions that I was asking and trying to make sure that I got my question in over whomever was trying to talk over me at the time. The locker room is a hectic place, and that's without the music, <laughs> especially a post-game locker room after a win. Losses a little more subdued, but uh, a win tonight for the Titans, twenty-seven to twenty-four in overtime. You're hanging out here with us on A to Z Sports from the Zen Sports Studios. The show is presented on this Sunday evening by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry, wherever justice demands, Amanda J. has you covered. Go to amandajgentry.com. Your constitutional rights is what she seeks to protect. They have practiced law in Tennessee family and criminal courts in 35 counties across the state of Tennessee. Amandajgentry.com, wherever justice demands. So things that you felt were positive coming out of this game things that you felt were the most encouraging coming out of this game uh excuse i feel like i'm gonna sneeze here in the middle of the primetime show this doesn't happen very often but the lights are right in my face and i'm trying to hold it back we'll see if we can't survive the tide but if i uh bird is telling me to just let it out and get it over with but you know anytime you put pressure on somebody like that to sneeze the sneeze is impossible and it just sits there at the end of your nose and burns you like the worst but it seems like we've survived through it john torkington is blessing me 
prematurely. I haven't sneezed yet. Hold your blessings. We'll see if we can't survive through the primetime show for at least 10 more minutes. Uh, But I think there's a lot of positives to take away. And again, you know, if you listen to Greg Cosell last week, talk about the offense and a lot of, a lot of you, you know, were sending me messages like, oh, is Greg Cosell on Ryan Tannehill's payroll? How can anybody excuse Ryan Tannehill? It's da, 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 da. When in reality, it's not excuses, it's analysis. And I think there's, there is a, because of how emotional people get about the quarterback, and I understand, you get emotional about your favorite sports teams. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but when you heard Greg talk about the offense, and honestly, when you watched the offense last week, like, like my takeaway wasn't, oh, God, this offense is terrible. It's like, oh, Ryan Tannehill missed some really, really big opportunities in this brand-new Titans offense. And the Titans offense, you know, seems to be functional as long as the quarterback doesn't go a bit brain-dead as he did in the first game. Um, Now, I think that the play calling continues to be a positive, and that was probably my biggest positive takeaway today is that the offense continues to show promise. The offense continues to show creativity. The offense continues to create explosive plays down the field. Uh, Jesse Hernandez says, why isn't Tannehill not rolling out more? Why isn't Tannehill not rolling out more? The rare double negative in the middle of that. Jesse, I don't know. I'm not the offensive coordinator and we don't get to talk to them until Thursdays every week. So it doesn't really matter uh, t- this evening. Why isn't Tannehill rolling out more? I don't know. It doesn't matter. He had four incompletions. He had a touchdown rushing and a touchdown passing, and your team won a game in overtime. What do you care about Ryan Tannehill rolling out more? Now, if you're talking about moving the pocket, play action was evident today. It doesn't have to be uh, a rollout to be play action. They can do the quick play action. Uh, you know, he hits his back foot, quick fake. You know, the thing that they've been running basically since my entire, I mean, since Mike Grable's been coaching here, right? Uh, the rolling out more. You're, you're asking questions that don't necessarily seem to have relevance to today's result. Now, I think, um, you know, could you move the pocket? Could you try and mitigate some of the deficiencies that the offensive line has? Yeah, we talked about that in the pregame show with Blaine Bishop today, and that was uh, something that we discussed. Jay Street says he's holding the ball too long. Uh, he's taking unnecessary sacks. Well, no, he only took, I mean, he took two sacks today that were unnecessary the three that he got absolutely walloped on were the offensive line's fault again uh, I don't dispute that on the two sacks he, he was holding the ball but one of the best things about Ryan Tannehill is like today when he's getting absolutely decked on the Traylon Burks play on the Chris Moore play on the touchdown that went to NWI you'll want the quarterback to stand in there and deliver occasionally that style of play does invite uh, does invite more sacks. It is one of the best qualities. It can also work to their disadvantage depending on the situation. And their offensive line in the last couple of years hasn't been good enough to mitigate some of those situations. But you are, it's like, it's like trying to get Patrick Mahomes to not kind of drift when he when he's passing. A lot of the movement that Patrick Mahomes has when he's back there uh, to pass isn't necessary. But it's one of the things that makes Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes. So you want to coach it to an extent, but not try and coach it out of him. Ryan Tannehill's a finished product 12 years in the NFL. There are moments when he has to know to throw the ball away, like today. Uh, The the blown screenplay was a disaster. I'm not going to dispute that. A 13-yard loss that sets you back up to punt from, I believe, your nine, where the opportunity, uh, where the opportunity, where the blocking was already suspect. They got one blocked last week, God forbid. If you're a Titan, uh, if you're a Titan special teams coach or the punter or whatever, the or if you're a Titans fan that gets uh, blocked today, um, I think that uh, I think that 
there's a lot of this stuff that uh, there's a lot of this stuff that has to have nuance attached to it. Now, if you want to operate in blanket statements, um, mixologist says you aren't right about everything. Some shit you get wrong. Eat it. You're absolutely right. That's so. But uh, you know, I'm. I think I'm one. I'm willing to acknowledge when those those areas exist, and that's that's completely fair. Um, and two, you know, I don't think that when we talk about these things that I don't at least come into these discussions armed with some kind of knowledge from the locker room or talking to analysts or talking to other coaches that can better improve my context, right? I thought Ryan Tannehill threw terrible interceptions last week. Greg Cosell talked me off the ledge and helped me understand exactly what I was looking at in the interception. Doesn't make the interceptions better. Doesn't make the interceptions worse. Gives me better context for the interception. So yeah, of course this stuff happens. And none of us know, right? There's a there's a degree of speculating when we're not in every meeting room. When you know, I the best the best that I can do is go to practice, uh, go to games, be in the locker room, be in post game, and try and give you guys as much context as humanly possible. But you're right, not not we can't know everything because one that would be a disaster for the coaching staff because how how would that you know they wouldn't be able to function if everything that they were doing was out there and able to be discussed with uh, you know specificity. That's why Mike Vrabel hides everything like it's a state secret, including the backup quarterback. But yeah, you can't know everything about a football team without being in every meeting. And even that, there's a million different things happening in a football uh, throughout the course of a week on a football team. Jacob Ray says, Bucks, unless you have the script, of course, which, uh, you know, I do. This is literally a script <laughs> of everything that happened in the game. You want a script? I got it right here. Every week I get a script. Uh, but either way, uh, you know, they, they were struggling early on. Mike Vrabel talked about them leaking oil uh, until the trail and Burks in completion. But, you know, didn't think that was a Tannehill issue. Didn't think that was a play calling issue. Thought that was an offensive line issue more than anything. And I think that, uh, you know, while uh, if you're somebody who's butthurt about Ryan Tannehill uh, performing, um, you know, exceeding expectations or performing well enough to keep his job and you somebody who's tired of him, you want him out of the lineup or all these things. Listen, nobody's going to change your opinion if that's your opinion. You're entitled to your opinion, unless it's a really, really stupid opinion because there are some really, really stupid opinions and sometimes not everybody's entitled to their opinion because some opinions are dumb. Uh, either way, we proceed on A to Z Sports Primetime. Trippin' Titan says, wait, Buck doesn't know everything. My life is now in shambles. I know. It's a... It's a, uh, it's, it's probably the biggest upset of the night. Not even the Titans upsetting the Chargers as home dogs uh, by, uh, what was it, two and a half, I believe, Chargers were favored by coming in to tonight. Yes, biggest upset of the evening. Uh, we continue, though, here on A to Z Sports Prime Time. What was the most surprising result of week two? We will discuss at length together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We will uh, talk about it right after I remind you that primetime is made possible by Zen Sports. Speaking of the script, stick to the script. Go with the Sportsbook app that is the best for you. Unlimited 5% cash back for your first 15 days of wagering in the Zen Sports app when you plug in that promo code ATOZTN. You see it behind me there. You see it in front of me there. Zen Sports app is where you can put that in, get that unlimited 5% cash back and cash in the way that you can in no other sportsbook app. Promo code ATOZTN. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions do apply. Must be 21 or older to bet in Tennessee. Zen Sports is where you go. So uh, of all the different results across the NFL weekend, uh, Matt Bailey says Bill Cowher picked us. 
Uh, who cares who picked who? Nobody knows anything in these pregame. It's just a segment that they can sponsor. You know, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure the morning show does it or the, the pregame show does it with uh, who was it today? I think it was Austin and Jack. Because um, Sam was at the stadium with me, and I don't think that Zach uh, is doing the pregame show this year. Anyway, Austin and whomever was doing the pregame show this morning, I'm sure there was a pick segment where they pick Titans or Chargers or they pick certain things. Nobody knows anything in these pick segments. It's just something that you do so you can slap a sponsor on it, make money on your pregame show, and keep it moving. doesn't actually mean anything. Bill Cowher picking the Titans today or somebody else picking the Chargers today isn't worth the words that come out of your mouth. But – this felt like a game that might play into their hands, right? Now it can stand to be a surprise. One of the biggest surprises of the uh, of the NFL weekend can be the Chargers starting down 0-2. And I think that the Chargers are a uh, – the Chargers have so much talent that I, I buy in every year. Really, I do. And what we, what we continue to come back to with the Chargers, I feel like, every time we talk about one of these dreadful losses that they have, I don't think today was a dreadful loss like – I thought they fought through it. I thought they missed some opportunities, and ultimately the Titans were able to capitalize on more. But Brandon Staley, uh, you talk about people under pressure. We talk about Ryan Tannehill being under pressure. Not really. Brandon Staley actually is uh, to maintain his job. He's coaching for his professional future right now, um, working with one of the most talented teams in football, and the defense not really looking that good. So 0-2 Chargers is a pretty surprising uh, situation through the first two weeks. Bradley Wolf, speaking of 0-2 teams, says a surprise to me is the Bengals losing again today to Roberto Walsh's uh, Baltimore Ravens. Yes, indeed. Uh, Burrow, you know, looked better than he did in week one, more than 80, what was it, 82 yards passing in the first game of the season against the Cleveland Browns, but still a Bengals loss. We know the statistics and we know the percentages around teams that start the season 0-2. It is incredibly difficult for them to make the postseason. When you come down to that, uh, Ricky W says Buck is such a loser. He still doesn't understand making a prediction is your own way of evaluating the two teams. No, it's not. It's saying, who do you like on Sunday? The Titans or the Chargers? And you're saying the Titans because, you know, the Titans have Mike Vrabel. Or the Chargers because they have Brandon Staley. None of that shit matters because you play in overtime. Weird stuff happens. And all of a sudden, everything that you know about the two football teams that you thought you knew doesn't matter at all. And it's just a bunch of word salad that you say in pregame. And none of it matters afterwards. Nobody's held accountable for their picks afterwards it's not a means of evaluating team it's just something that people do because it's fun and it's lazy uh i think that uh i think that when you look at the uh i think that when you look at all the results around the league the bucks starting two and oh is crazy to me i think the chargers and Bengals oh two is pretty surprising and kind of looking through the results around the league because you know obviously i'm i coming home today having the opportunity to watch more football than i would if we were on the road for example, uh, Josh Allen coming back and whooping a mess out of the Las Vegas Raiders at home. Uh, you know, talking about quarterbacks who had disastrous week ones. Ryan Tannehill rebounded nicely today. Josh Allen rebounded nicely today. But I'll go with Arthur Smith and the Atlanta Falcons. Um, 25 to 24 over the Green Bay Packers today. Desmond Ritter being efficient. It was a very Tannehillian-like performance with Desmond Ritter today uh, with Arthur Smith as the coach. And certainly Art getting the Falcons off to a 2-0 start in a division that's eminently winnable has them trending in the right direction. Somebody might almost be the primary. And you work through it with a look. Something happens sometimes. Again, they bail out. Some sessions on the play action. Sometimes a guy may bail out and get in the vision. Again, you don't know what the quarterback sees. We, now we think we do when you have the TV look and it slows down. But we got a lot of weapons. And John is somebody that's made plays in big-time games. And he's been good. A tight end room 
Those guys love each other. I mean, Mike Colprove is an underrated leader on our football team. Kyle and John O. So if you're going to take him away, you know, if you, that play in particular, um, it was Bijan and, and Kyle for the primary, but they gave us a look, and then it goes back to John O. And, and Drake. That's that's football. And so when you got a lot of belief, okay, pick your poison. And John O. is one of those guys. He's a great catch and run player. Um, he, you know, he's got a big yardage on the screenplay and some of the stuff he got on the flag. He's hard to tackle. So the Atlanta Titans Falcons uh, mashup, right? It's Arthur Smith talking about John o. Smith, which is something that I've been in part of press conferences uh, previously. It's kind of uh, it's kind of weird. It's a little uh, uncanny to see Arthur Smith in a different team's uniform, even though he's been the Falcons coach. I think this is his third season uh, as the Falcons coach, and John o. Smith's been down there for a year now. Uh, it was just it's just kind of weird to see Arthur Smith, former Titans OC, talking about. John o. Smith, former Titans tight end, and Michael Pruitt in the mix, former Titans tight end, and uh, all the other Titans that ended up down in Atlanta with Arthur Smith. But either way, the Falcons starting off the season 2-0, and really good start for Art. You know, Arthur is somebody who I think is going to end up being successful in this league. You talk about things that don't mean anything, like my, my intuition that Arthur Smith, you know, it's almost like making picks. My intuition that Arthur Smith is going to do well with the Falcons doesn't mean anything. But it does seem like it's trending in the right direction. Um, and, you know, to their credit, uh, they're finding the, it's 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 kind of interesting to watch the dynamic. Talk about Tannehill uh, as we get you. We want to get you back in time for the second half. Miami up 17 to three on the Patriots as uh, the Dolphins run their first offensive play of the third quarter. Looks like it's going to lose yards. Jalen Waddle getting the ball in the backfield. Um, I think that uh, I think that. You know, Desmond Ritter is not the guy. It, it's not his offense. It's not his football team. But Desmond Ritter, I think, operates that function really, really well and is and is getting the kind of efficiency that it's like Brock Purdy, right? Arthur Smith knows that uh, Desmond Ritter is going to do what they ask him to. And Kyle Shanahan knows that Brock Purdy is going to do what they ask him to. And sometimes that's more important uh, to a coach than overwhelming talent, right? Just the ability to trust. Uh, Billy Jones says Arthur Smith needs a better QB. He's 2-0. Uh, you know, whether Art can win with a talented enough roster and a less than QB, uh, that's that's incumbent upon the coaching and the system. But we'll uh, see what happens with Atlanta. And, uh, of course, the Titans will get another AFC opponent um, on the other side of the bracket, another AFC opponent in Cleveland coming up a week from today. And, of course, I'll be in Cleveland. We'll do the game from, I think it's First Energy Stadium in Cleveland next week, and that will be a great time had by all. All right, uh, this is a free site. The question that I want to ask you tonight before, so we can get you back in time to watch the rest of the second half is this. Have you ever been involved in a fight at a sporting event? Let me know in the comment section on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Anytime there's football, there's going to be fights in the stands. It's one of the top tried and true uh situations that come out of any sporting event, anytime fans are imbibing, anytime people are tailgating, anytime you're out in the, in the elements and emotions are running high, uh, you know, every once in a while, somebody swings on somebody else. So we'll talk about it together. Have you ever been involved in a fight at a sporting event? Right after I remind you that the primetime show is made possible by uh, the great people at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com. Get your dream address without the stress. The Intel Edge you need to succeed can be found with the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators. That's GaryAshton.com. 
Maserati Mac has been involved in a fight at a local soccer match, uh, like a Nashville SC game. That's interesting. Uh, for uh, Aubrey Calvin, he has not been in a fight at a sporting event. MB, no. Does putt-putt golf count? Yes, if you fought somebody at a putt-putt course, one, I would like you to produce video evidence. Two, I would like more background, uh, probably at a later date. But we saw a couple. I saw one at the Texans-Colts game. Colts beating the Texans. Texans down 0-2 to start the season. Uh, Anthony Richardson looks like he's going to miss some time with a concussion. Gardner Minshew had to come in and finish that game today. Uh, but this, uh, it's not even a fight. It's just some dude absolutely getting his shit rocked at the, uh, uh, the, uh, Bengals, uh, the Bengals, it looks like the Bengals Browns game, um, from a week ago, actually, because the Bengals of course played the Ravens today. And this looks like it was outside of Cleveland stadium. <laughs> with the so that is a dude being handcuffed in Bengal striped overalls maybe he's headbutting another Bengals fan i thought at first it was browns colored you know fan gear but i think he might i think there might have been some Bengals friendly fire here this dude who gets headbutted by the other dude who's in handcuffs Gets absolutely decked. I assume he's talking shit to the dude in handcuffs. He's like, oh, this guy's not going to get me. All of a sudden, he gets a forehead straight to the dome. <laughs> With the straight cold cocked. Again, I, I don't know if that was friendly fire. The more that we watch that video, there's a longer video out there that is uh, that is a little bit more compelling where the guy is uh, the, the dude in handcuffs is literally getting choked physically away from from the dude who he's just are well not RKO that's not the right terminology but uh he's just knocked unconscious uh again one more time just to hear the crack of the foreheads making contact uh it officially means that football even outside the field is back in our lives <laughs> with the the <laughs> that is not going to feel good for anybody involved but at least the dude who's in handcuffs has probably lit the hell up so he's not going to feel it for probably another 24 hours uh mike peck says i'm trying to see buck fight one of these commenters he disagrees with why i don't have to i'm sitting here comfortably i'm the dude i'm the dude talking shit to the other dude in the handcuffs the only difference is you can't you can't headbutt me through the screen try as you might uh, you know, although you should probably try it. If you're pissed at me, you should probably try and headbutt your phone or your or your laptop and then send us videos afterwards and see if you can't make a little contact. See if that doesn't satisfy any uh, angst that you might have anytime you disagree with me. Uh, you guys are the best. Always fun to hang out with your post game. We'll be back at it, obviously, throughout the course of the week. Radio show, three hours of reaction tomorrow. We'll be breaking down the Titans and Chargers game throughout the course of the day. We'll also be talking about the Vols, that just hideous, hideous product. Uh, uh, that they uh, put out in the swamp on Saturday night. Very disappointing to see. But for Titans fans, they get a win. Vols fans have to uh, lick their wounds and try and circle back. Wesley James Sanquist says, why is this even a topic? Because football is funny, but also football fans beating the shit out of each other in the stands is funny. And I like to laugh from time to time. That's why it's a topic. I don't think we need another explanation than that. Have a great rest of your evening. Perhaps you can bench another quarterback tomorrow, but not tonight because the Titans have won in overtime 27 to 24. See you guys. Well, are you surprised to hear that? Uh, certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit.
And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show.